Welcome, everyone, to the newly named Ann Arbor Area Prep Hoops Podcast. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Tropet. This episode is brought to you by Monroe Sports Varsity Athletic, a quick turnaround, high-quality business for more than 30 years. Contact Randy or Kim Windham at 734-652-0720 for a great deal on your next purchase of sporting apparel. Well, fellas, I, uh, I hope we didn't confuse anyone, but like we explained earlier, we now have two podcasts, the Coach Speak podcast, which focuses more on the X's and O's and ideas of coaches from no specific geographic location, and the Ann Arbor Area Prep Hoops podcast, which focuses on basketball in the greater Ann Arbor area, essentially what we were doing before. And today we're here to discuss our Midsummer Boys Showcase, which took place earlier this week at Dexter High School along with the boys and girls basketball district assignments that finally appeared on the MHSAA website a couple of days ago. But before we do that, Derek and Josh, how are things going with you? Well, you know, things are going good. Um, you know, it, it's crazy how fast the summer is going by. Um, we're getting close here to football season. I know I was in the weight room the other day at Napoleon and looking and, you know, we're, we're in under 40 days now to their first game and stuff. And I'm like, man, it's crazy how fast it's coming. Um, and I enjoyed being in the gym the other day um, for for the showcase. We've had a lot of youth youth uh, camps and opportunities going on at Napoleon, which has been good, and still getting guys in the gym for open for open gyms and stuff. But yeah, it's it's been nice. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to talking a little bit about some players and definitely talking about the district draws, which is always a hot topic. Josh, how about you? I'm good. I, I got out of quarantine yesterday, uh, fully vaccinated, and and contracted symptoms of, of COVID last Monday. So um, it's been a long 10 days sitting it out, but uh, definitely did the right thing. But uh, no, I'm, I'm looking f- forward to a weekend of uh, last weekend to travel basketball and travel baseball for the family and then some family vacations to wrap up the summer. Well, you were definitely missed on Wednesday at Dexter. Uh, obviously, you, uh, you are the network guy when it comes to the college coaches and, and rounded up a great group. We had at least over 20 bodies. Some of these guys, more than one guy from a staff came. It was really cool seeing them. They, uh, I think they, most of them knew that you weren't going to be there and that you had missed it. I, I knew that hurts you to be, uh, not be there. But, uh, you know, we, we would have been having a – that thing would probably still be going on because you'd be over there glad-handing with every college coach and, uh, <laughs> in America if you could. But, uh, like I said, it, we missed you Wednesday, but we still had a good show and uh, appreciate all the work that went into to running this thing. But – yeah, we had 48 players there. We had one young man who did not make it back into town uh, that day, unfortunately, and wasn't able to participate. We had a couple of guys who, who played hurt uh, and so forth, but 48 guys and 20-plus coaches. We had seven high school coaches that helped out, but really good event, and uh, nobody got hurt during the event, which is good. But anyway, let's get into kind of some things that we saw. Derek, you want to you start? What, uh, what was your what was your big takeaway or what was the some of the things that caught your eye yeah I mean I thought it was a really good event we had a lot of good players in the gym I think the biggest takeaway for me was again it's just it was a reminder of, of how many good guards there are 
in high school basketball, right? There's so many kids between, you know, 5'10 and, and six foot two that are really, really solid players. And we had a lot of guys like that at this event. And, you know, again, I, I don't try and act like I'm a, I'm a college coach who knows how to recruit or how I'd pick, but I know sitting there looking at them like, man, I, it's gotta be tough to differentiate between all these guys and their, their, um, their skill sets. Cause there's a lot of similarities with those guys. I think with that, for me, the guys who really stood out the most were the bigs just cause there's less of them out there. Um, and, and we had some in the building that made a very big impact. The, the three guys that really come to mind, um, for me, the two biggest guys in the gym, Evan Sloan from Coldwater and Bryce Radka from Belleville, both just really, really impacted the game on both ends, um, protecting the rim, rebounding. I know Radka in particular had a handful of very nice dunks in transition, which was which was cool to see. And they even got to go at each other um, only for a short stint because uh, I think they both sat uh, for, for a portion of the game, they played each other. I know some of the college coaches were not happy about that. They wanted to see him go, um, head to head there, but both of them had really good showings. And then I think, you know, the general consensus, probably the guy who had the best night, um, was Cameron Mays from Detroit Catholic central, who was just you know, not quite as tall. He's only about six, four, but extremely physical, um, making plays all over the place. He was a going to the basket. Nobody could really keep him in front. Um, I know he had some some highlight plays as well, including a potentially a dunk off the off the glass from Cal Bavano. I didn't see that one, but I heard about it. Um, so those are some things that stood out to me uh, right off the bat. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I Radka was one of the first guys I I, I got to focus on. Um, got the blonde hair going and left handed. Like I saw at least four tomahawks with the left hand. Um, so he he gets up in the air pretty well. He uh, he but he does other things. You know he. He, uh, he rebounds, he, he runs well, and he plays like really hard. Like he's got that intensity. He's not a, he's not a casual uh, player. And, and he shot a pretty uh, good percentage, according to Coach Lovelace, when I chatted with him a little bit about it. Um, no doubt about it. The, the young man from Coldwater, you know, unfortunately, we only got one of, the, of Coldwater's three, you know, uh, studs that they have. Um, two of the others were already with their, with their uh, club teams and couldn't, couldn't be there, but Evan Sloan from Coldwater. Yeah. I mean, he goes about six, eight, just like Radka and, and, and you're right. They, uh, they had, they had an interesting matchup, but Sloan's long and he plays under control and he plays within himself and um, he does a lot of, a lot of things out there. And I got to see him play with his high school team when he was at the Olivet college event earlier in the year. But, um, and I agree with you that the maze young man who, by the way, was a late ad. He, he didn't get registered until the morning of the, uh, the deal. And, and he was on the outside looking in until we had an opening, one of the cold water kids who couldn't make it. So bringing maze in was great. And I think a lot of the college coaches were happy. He was there. I did see the, uh, the dunk, uh, Bab, Cal Bavanaugh off the glass to Cameron Mays. I think Cal would appreciate if Cameron was play, wearing the maroon and gold or maroon and white or whatever they wear during the regular season, but that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, arguably the best player in the showcase. Uh, he plays downhill. He's strong. He's under control. He can shoot a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, his, his, his body is, is college ready right now. So um, definitely, definitely enjoyed him. Uh, and all these guys are, are 22s. Um, yeah, they're all, they're all 22s and, and ready to go. So uh, we shall see what else, uh, what else caught your ID? You know, I thought, I thought the two guards from Canton both uh, had good nights. That's uh Lake McIntosh who um, is, is not 
not too big of a guy. I mean, he's probably, he's definitely <laughs> under six foot, but he is extremely quick. Um, and, and really is able to get in the paint. I know he, he made quite a few plays when I was watching. He caught my eye. Um, and I know Cole Vickers was a hot name um, just to walking around the sideline where the coaches were. He, he made some really nice plays um, and, and I think is a guy that's that's definitely getting some interest um, prior to the event. And I think he helped himself um, today. Again, he's just really smooth. He's a little bit uh, longer, but, but still a guard and, and did some really nice things. I thought those two guys really stood out to me in terms of, of other guards there. I don't know. Who, who else did you see? Well, this is another one. Speaking of an, another late ad, when we had an opening because of a, um, a conflict that came up the day of, there's a young man from Celine named Romeo Love, and he's not even a 2022. Uh, oh, yeah, he is a 2022. I got that wrong. I don't know that he was on anyone's radar when the summer started, and I think he had a really good summer playing at Celine. And he is, uh, he had a really good showcase, consistent impact on basically every game that he played in. Um, he, get, he gets to the basket. He goes uh, Chris Paul mid-range whenever he wants. He was knocking down shots from behind the three. And even defensively, he got down a stance and disrupted people. So this is, a, I don't know if people realize he, he's going to be a good player in the SEC Red this year. And I think Coach Fosdick is uh, really happy with his um, his growth. And I think he's, he's getting some small college interest all of a sudden based on, on his good summer. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, he was another, he was a guy that definitely kind of caught my eye. You know, we've we mentioned Cal Bavanaugh and, you know, I just, I, he's a local guy. Obviously I know his dad real well. I've, I've watched Cal. I saw Cal play basketball when he was six years old. Cal Bavanaugh, if I were a college coach, he, and at a small college, he could be on my team. I, I'd find a spot for him. And I know he's, he's undersized, does not necessarily uh, display uh, the three-point shooting uh, ability that some of these other guys do. But in terms of running an offense and being quick and guarding people and making the right pass and making everybody around him better and competing for a guy that's only like 150 pounds, yeah, he's, he's a winner. I, I, it'd be, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of interest he gets as he gets through or goes through his senior season. We also learned that he's going to be the starting quarterback uh, possibly, probably on the Dexter varsity football team this year following uh, Colin Parachek. But yeah, I just really impressed with Bav, little Bav, how, how he went about his business. So yeah, no doubt. He, he's the kind of guy who just has all the intangibles. He does all the little things he can really guard. Um, you know, he's really, even at this event where, you know, uh, the showcases tend to get, you, you play quick and shots go up quickly. He's a, he's a pass first kind of guy who t- he's always finding uh, teammates and stuff. And just, he's a leader out there. You can see that at all times. Another guy who kind of fits that same mold that I thought uh, looked good. Uh, I only saw him a little bit at the showcase, but I know he looked good uh, earlier in the summer when we played them as well. And, and coach Dutton spoke highly of him. Uh, he was on his team was Colin O'Neill from Lumen Christie. He's actually a similar type player to, to, um, to Cal. He's a little bit, he's got a little more muscle on him. He's a little thicker, maybe not quite as quick, but although he is very quick, he does a lot of those little things as well. Good defender um, can really get, you know, the team into their offense, gets the ball moving and, and has, you know, the skills to go with it. All the intangibles are there with him. I think he fits right into that mold as well. He's strong too. Like he, and, and he, he, he communicated as much as anybody in that showcase, like he, he was, he was communicating with his teammates who he may or may not have even known prior to this showcase, like it was midseason form. I mean, he's just one of those leaders out there and he, yeah, he, he's totally into it. Uh, he was, he was playing the game the right way, guarding people, uh, making plays offensively as well. But yeah, I, I, like, like coach Dutton said, he, you know, he has all the intangibles and yeah, he's a, 
he's a handful. He'd be a good player in that I-8. I think he already is respected as, as someone along those lines. So um, I, I agree with you on that. You know, the Belleville guys, there's, I think there were four of them there, maybe. We already talked about Radka. <laughs> there's two seniors at Belleville, the Johnsons. Uh, they're, they're, I don't believe they're related. Mario Johnson and DJ Johnson, uh, they were on different teams. But, you know, Mario goes, uh, it looks like uh, about 6'5", 180, uh, class of 2022, lefty, uh, long, uh, tons of upside and impacts the game in multiple ways. He does a lot of different things out there, but plays under control and doesn't force things. You can see why Belleville is going to be a very good team this year. And then you throw in, you throw in Johnson, who, who, you know, I think he was on the best team and, and kind of probably had kind of a quiet day because he wasn't, he wasn't needed to do a ton, but only at 5'10", 150, but plays the game really well. Speed-wise, I don't know if there's a faster guy out there. Every time I saw him, he just was just blowing by people. Um, but, you know, you, you could throw him, and then there's the, the Jalen Jenkins, who's only a 10th grader, who, uh, who was there from Belleville as well. And it's just a lot of talent. And I think there's some other guys that weren't even there from Belleville uh, because they, they can only take up so many spots in the showcase. But that is going to be quite a team to watch this year. Co- Coach Trumpour, um is, is, is loaded without question. No doubt. No doubt. I know one thing that's always interesting at these showcases, too, for thinking from a player perspective is you know, how well do you shoot at the showcase? Right. It's, it's obviously just one night. You know, it's, right. you're obviously when you're a player, you're hoping you have a good shooting night. It's not always representative of how good of a shooter you are. But uh, I know a few guys that that definitely can shoot it and shot the ball well at the showcase were Aiden Burns from Battle Creek Penfield mm. and, and Quinn Rachi from uh, Gabriel Richard. I didn't I, I only saw bits and pieces of him. I didn't see him knock down some shots with anybody else who you saw that was really knocking down shots from the outside. Well, uh, <laughs> Burns. You know, he hit a, he hit a 22 footer and I, I said, wow, I kind of took a look. And then I think the next time down, he hit about a 26 footer. Yeah. Burns. I'm glad Penfield's not on the Olivet schedule this year. He, he lit it up and it looks like he's just one of those guys that is probably going to be a consistent shooter all the time. The Rachi kid is really interesting. He's getting a lot of hype. He's the, he's the, the new player at Gabriel Richard. I know Rex Stanzak is pretty excited about him, but he, I, you know, actually when I watched him, he wasn't having his best moments but I hear so many people talking about him and he does appear to be strong. He pre- appears to be under control. He shoots the three uh, comfortably. He's really, yeah, he's a nice addition to that team. And, and he played really well for, uh, I think he was playing with coach Stevens team. Um, but yeah, uh, he's, like I said, he's going to be, he's going to be nice in terms of guys that knock knocking shots down. Well, I saw your guy, Derek, uh, Zach Johnson, hit a couple from NBA range, which is, I've seen him do that before. Uh, he definitely is, uh, you know, he, he definitely can hit the bomb. You, you better guard him. Um, there was a, there's a few other guys like that, I, I guess, got hot occasionally, but you're, you're right. It's one of those things where, and we were talking about this before we even went on the air. You know, these, these, ne- these don't necessarily define you because you, you might not have your best shooting night or you might not even be healthy, which is, uh, is kind of a tough one. And you got to make a decision. Do you you want to play if you're not healthy in these things in front of college coaches? But, you know, if you really just sit back and watch these kids for like an entire game or like 10 minutes, you can, you can tell kind of just, you know, where they are from a mental standpoint and their explosiveness and things like that. And that's kind of what I was watching, but, but you're right. There were guys that got hot and it's funny because I, even the kids from Olivet that I talked to afterward, they'd play a great game, play a great game. And then all of a sudden just play a terrible game. 
and then the next game they'd be okay again. So you know, it's like a little bit of a roller coaster ride because we played so much basketball in a short period of time. No doubt. Hey, Josh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'm sure you communicated with your Chelsea guys. Uh, how did they uh, how did they feel about it? And the, the showcase in general, how they feel about their performances? Because we obviously had four uh, pretty good Chelsea guys in the gym as well. They really enjoyed the experience. Um, when I texted with them, they all said it was a lot of fun and they enjoyed it. And they thought the talent was really good in the gym. To your point, though, I, I think you bring up a great point. Like uh, a couple of the guys that play for me already have several offers and yet m- may not have stuck out or you know, shined that night necessarily. But like Matt Blanton's already received an offer as a 23 from Concordia. Lucas Hannafan has a handful of MIAA schools that have offered him roster spots already as well as a 22. So, you know, like I said, I, I think it just depends kind of what, what team are you on or are guys sharing the balls, the spacing good, um, and is your shot falling that night? And, you know, I, you know, my guys asked me my opinion on these events. Um, I think they're, they're necessary. I think they're great for kids. Um, a, a kid could really put their name on the radar, which is awesome. But I, I tell them, like, there's no guarantee you're going to shoot well. So make sure when college coaches leave, their impression of you as a kid with a super high motor, good teammate that does all the little things because you can control that. And so hopefully those guys did that. I Obviously not being there, I don't know if they did, but I know they had a really good time at the event. Good to hear. Co- coach is right on the money with that. I mean, that, that's such a key to – um, you know, you, the only way you can hurt yourself in an event like this, in my opinion, is, you know, if you're out there with bad body language or, or, you know, being a terrible teammate, right? If you don't play well, maybe they didn't recognize you today, but as long as you didn't leave some major negative impact on, on a college coach, maybe they'll see you again the next time and you'll shoot better. And, and I do think that the Chelsea guys all had, had, uh, you know, they, they definitely impacted the game in, in multiple ways. I didn't see them play a ton but uh, and I think overall, we didn't have, you know, many guys who I don't think there's anybody really that had any major uh, terrible body language or anything. There's a lot of positive, um, you know, we're, we're like essentially working with each other as a team, even though they, a lot of these guys literally met for the first time, you know, 25 minutes before they started playing. So that, I thought that was good. Yeah, you know, I, I, the, speaking of Chelsea, though, let me bounce back to that. You know, you know, Hannah Fan obviously is, is a really good player. And, and Matt Bland, you mentioned, has an offer. Jake Stevens, who's only going to be a sophomore, this just in, he's good. And uh, if, if he's ever available in the portal, the transfer portal, uh, he, he, we're going to offer him something over there at Olivet. But, you know, he's, he's already, you're starting to see the genetic <laughs> uh, comparison to his old man. You know, and I still, I, I watched Greg, dad, play. And he, all of a sudden, something clicked with him athletically, and he became looked like he was jumping off a trampoline as he got older. Jake is starting to get that athleticism is starting to kick in, but he he's so comfortable out there playing for a kid who's only going into the tenth grade. He's strong, he jumps well, and he and he's skilled. Yeah, I, watching him develop over the next few years is going to be really interesting. But I was just really impressed with him. Uh, he was on a team with Ty Rickner from Dexter, another guy who just really improved. And his role at Dexter is going to be so much bigger next year than it is uh, that it was this past year. But, you know, defensively and just his, his offensive confidence uh, is, is kind of off the charts. Um, you know, you, you mentioned these things, uh, not to, to spend too much time on my Olivet guys, but, you know, I got, I got a sophomore named Taven Felpash who, you know, Taven is a young, he's only going into 10th grade. He was one of three freshmen on my varsity this past year. 
And uh, he, he came off our bench, even a guy that I five quartered a little bit, even played a little JV basketball uh, early in the season. But Taven started, according to his coach, uh, Coach Lovelace, started real tentatively during this showcase. But by the end of it, was comfortable and confident and making shots and playing kind of within himself. And I think there was a handful of other guys out there uh, during the showcase that do that. So at the very least for these guys, it benefits them to come in and play against, you know, good competition. And, uh, and there was, I mean, there was not a single bad player in the gym, which was really kind of a cool thing. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was just, uh, there's so many positives that come in this thing and uh, hopefully people enjoyed it. A couple other names I was going to throw out there and Derek, feel free to jump in just kind of kind of looking at the teams and the breakdown, looking at the roster. Make it, I mean, we, we could mention every kid, and we really don't have time, I guess, to do that. But, you know, Grant Stockford from Clinton, and it's funny because you, you and Josh both have praised him this summer. And I know I watched the Napoleon team play Clinton in a summer game, and I, was, I noticed another kid on their team more than I did Grant. But I got a good look at Grant uh, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, th- this just in, he's good, too. He's really good. Um, he does, he does a little bit of everything. He's athletic. Uh, he, and he, he's competitive and they have a really good basketball player over there, uh, with some other pieces. So I'm be curious how good, uh, Clinton's going to be this year, but yeah, I, I was uh, impressed with him and, and Chris Chavey's on the same team. And again, I don't know that he had his best day and I only watched him for a few minutes, but he's another really good player at Gabe Richard. That's got a tough district opponent there, Josh, by the way, uh, with Gabe Richard, they've, they've got, they've got some pieces that'll, old coach Stanzak's going to be moving around uh, and, and uh, kind of licking his chops a little bit. So. Yeah. Gabe Richard voted this year. A lot of good seniors in that program right now. Right. And, and uh, you, you talked about the transfer from IMG. He's, he's going to be special. The two other guys from, I know from the Ann Arbor area uh, that definitely again, stood out to me were Braylon Dickerson from Huron and Muhammad Condi from pioneer. I thought both of them had, had really good nights. Again, they're just, they're both extremely athletic you know, I, I know Dickerson had a couple of really nice moves I saw offensively and the way Condi just plays so hard and gets up and down the floor um, is, is really impressive and, and makes him just, you know, very tough. So I thought those two guys caught my eye as well. Um, those are the, the, the couple we haven't mentioned that definitely caught my eye. Yeah. In, in, in uh, you know, Dickerson too, he, he just kind of lets the game come to him. You know, he wasn't trying to force anything. He played, played really intelligently and in skilled. Yeah. And, you know, Poor, poor Huron underclassmen the last couple of years. I mean, they've been behind this talented wave of, of kids coming through Huron that you didn't even hear about guys like this. But, yeah, he's going to raise some eyebrows if he hasn't already, um, you know, I guess, throughout the season. So I think that was a good one. You know, it's kind of tough break for um, for Joe Francis from Adrian, who's obviously a really good player and one of the best players in the Southeastern Conference. He tried to go. Uh, he played about a game and a half, and his back was just bothering him. And, you know, you got to make a decision too. You you don't want to put like bad video or bad uh, performance in front of college coaches. And and Joe was trying. I mean, it's just the competitive side of these kids. They want to go out there and compete. He couldn't go. He made a good decision to kind of bow out. Um, you know, midway through the second game. But he's another talented kid. It would have been nice to see him play a little bit more. Obviously, if we would have had a chance. But one other kid I wanted to mention. I, I I'm looking at this list. I can mention a ton of them. I just feel bad uh, that we're not going to get to all of them. But Jace Cusack from Lakewood, by the way, Jace Cusack from Lakewood, arguably uh, one of, if not the best player in the um, uh, the GLAC, which is a, the conference that we're in. He, he's really a, an outstanding point guard. He's six foot three inches. He's only going to be a junior. But he played on this uh, team, Team 7, 
coached by uh, the, the, the great Jake Fosdick from Celine. Jake wanted me to mention, uh, of course, uh, that his team did not lose any of the six games that they played. And uh, he can thank me later for that. I did assign him to this team. Had a feeling this team was going to be a tough, a tough out, and they were. Um, McCusack was kind of the guy that, that kind of stirred the drink for these guys. He handled the ball a lot and, and distributed it. And, yeah, he, he, he's good. But there, there's a bunch of other guys. You know, Sam Coling from Skyline, I saw him do some. Devontae Haburn, only a sophomore in Napoleon, looked very comfortable playing on that, that really good team. I mean, they had Cole Vickers and Edison Millington, and uh, that was the team that Burns and uh, DJ Johnson were on, too. So, yeah, I don't know who put that team together. That was Trope, I think, that uh, put the teams together. He's the most knowledgeable guy in our trio of, of some of these area players. But all in all, it was really a lot of fun, and, and I hope the kids and the college coaches and even the parents enjoyed it. Um, I do want to thank the seven high school coaches that uh, – it took teams for us and volunteered their time. Mike Lovelace from Skyline, Rich Marion from Pioneer, Greg Dutton from Clinton, Adam Trampour from Belleville, Greg Stevens from Chelsea, uh, Coach Moffitt from uh, Jackson Northwest, and Coach Fosdick from Celine. All did a great job. Even though Trampour, we kind of lost him a handful of times. He's over there. He's talking more to the college coaches than he was his own players. So he just kind of he's kind of like Trope. He gets a little gets a little distracted, just starts hobnobbing and glad handing, but uh, it, it was, it was all good and, and a lot of fun for everybody. So, okay. Well, Hey, let's, uh, let's shift gears here and let's jump over to uh, some quick news. We won't spend a lot of time on this, but the boys and girls basketball district assignments were released by the MHSA. Everybody had been waiting for this all summer. They usually come out in June and they came out in mid July, but uh, we, we all have our own district assignment, but, any, any thoughts or comments as you kind of perused that and got your own news and then looked around at what other people got? Yeah, I know for me, it's, I get way too excited over a district assignment. You don't even have your matchups, but it's just, it gets, it gets your head spinning. Like, Oh, you know, the different possibilities or what is, you know, I, I, I don't know why, but it gets me excited. And I'm thinking about like, why in the world does this in the middle of July get me excited? Um, you know, for us, it, it was there's always you know, being a small school with a lot of other small schools around us. There's different possibilities of directions we can go. We ended up with a very similar district to what we had last year with only adding Lumen Christie. So I think we've got a good district should be competitive, should be fun for sure. I know <laughs> tropes is not too happy about his district. That's still, it stretches. And we got some gerrymandering going on. You guys are old. You may not remember that from, from school, but uh, you know, where they, the districts don't like what happened. Why don't we just use in simple squares? Like they're, they're stretching these districts in really weird, uh, weird directions. But uh, yeah, I mean, that division two district is, um, is going to be an interesting one. That one at Fowlerville uh, tropes. I don't know what you want to say about it, but <laughs> Well, I, I would say it's once again an incredibly uh, talented district. I mean, it, we Fowlerville will not be as good as they were last year, but Gabriel Shard will be excellent. Um, I have no problem saying we'll be a really good basketball team again this year. And uh, let's face it, Williamston, they don't really take steps backwards. So they will also be loaded with with the Division One player and, and possibly a second one um, and a wing player that they have. Um, and a couple small college players. Yeah, it's a loaded district. Um, it's probably the, it, I, I wouldn't even say it's probably, it is the right district for us to be in. Uh, we fit really nicely with Fowlerville, Pinckney, uh, Williamston. No question about that. But Gabriel Shard does not belong in that district. And, and that was definitely a mistake by, by the MHSA. I don't quite understand why they're there when Milan 
the Milan district has five teams in it. And uh, Gabrichard is, I believe, 19 or 20 miles from Milan's high school. And um, but they're going to travel over 40 miles to Fowlerville. So I, I don't quite understand that. Uh, but really outside of outside of uh, Gabrichard, we all fit really nicely into that that Stockbridge, Fowlerville, Pinckney, Chelsea, Williamston. The five of us fit well together. There seemed to be a, a little bit more of a, um, you know, the girls and boys districts look similar this year, more so than because they really, it almost got away from that last year. And I know there are situations where, you know, the boys program might be one division and the girls program is another division and it kind of screws things up. But there seems to be, a, they, they, they mirror each other a little bit more. But of course, I mean, like the Chelsea girls, you know, they're, they're in a district at Adrian with Adrian, Chelsea, Hillsdale, Milan, Onstead, and Tecumseh. I know, uh, and no disrespect to any of those boys programs, but, um, you know, Chelsea or Richard, they'd probably prefer to be in something like that than the one that they're going to. Uh, but it, it is kind of what it is. The, the stuff that really drives me, like, I don't understand. And maybe if they invite me, because I've always offered to be part of these committees, and I don't even get a uh, response. Uh, That's another point of frustration. How do you infiltrate some of the, 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 the movers and shakers at the MHSA and BCAM for that matter? But here's, here's an example. The girls' district at Lumen Christie, unless I looked at this wrong, they have seven schools, East Jackson, Grass Lake, Hanover, Lumen Christie, Michigan Center, Napoleon, and Vandercook Lake. And not too far away from them, there's a girls' district at Homer that has Concord, Homer, Leslie, and Springport. There's a four teams in one district, and there's seven in another, and those, aren't very, and those schools are really all in the same vicinity. Like, why wouldn't it be a six and a five? And it's just, I, I don't know you know, what, what, what's going on there. I'd love to be part of that meeting one time to understand what all goes into this. The other weird thing is sometimes the district hosts, there seems to be some repetitive hosts this year. Derek, for example, uh, they're at Michigan center again. Napoleon is now either nobody in that district put in for it except Michigan center or someone screwed up because if, if one other school put in for it other than Michigan center, then it should have went to that school because Michigan Center just hosted it last year. In our district out where Olivet is, that seems to be the norm. They rotate, like you seem to get it about once every six years, girls and boys. And, and that's the way it should be if everybody's putting in for it. Now, if no one is, then give it to the school that did. But again, I don't know the dynamics of that particular <laughs> decision uh, making that goes on. So just kind of curious, but I know Coach Trumpur was not happy about that either. Was that that same district is normal? The Huron Pioneer, Belleville, Celine, Ipsy, and Lincoln district is back at Lincoln again, and he wasn't too happy about that. And of course, you know somebody still needs to to, to somehow let the MHSA know that that's an eighty-four foot court and it probably shouldn't be playing postseason games on oh, it. But play, play, regional, know, regionals there, quarters, yeah, they're playing on an eighty-four foot. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, the, the word we're looking for here is transparency, right? I mean, the, one more time, uh, you know, want to bring up the point that, you know, we should be seeding regionals. And again, none of this would then matter. It would be more regionally, like, let, let's seed these regionals, just use the, the football formula, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, or use the formula we have, but just like football does, seed the regional um, and then pick a host team and or the higher seeded team can host. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we could do this, but um, but yeah, there, there's some interesting, and, and I'd even argue too that when we get teams that receive regionals should have gyms that can actually fit the people into them. And that, that's another thing. I played in some regionals in my day that, that schools 
couldn't possibly hold the the crowd that um, they got for those regionals. Mm. Yeah, I mean, our, our one of our future coach speak podcast uh, guest Brian Dart kind of kind of alluded. He actually, uh, we 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 never really got to the bottom of that. He kind of mentioned that he had heard that maybe the districts were going to be fully seated this year instead of just separating the top two seats. I not heard that from anybody else. Uh, may have to pick Brian's brain when I talk to him next. And, and maybe that's going to be accurate. That would be the next step after last year, at least getting the top two separated. Um, but getting to a point where we're seeding the entire regional is, is where we need to be. And uh, we're not there yet. And, um, but yeah, it was, was, it was a survey great. about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, the B, has anybody seen the results to the BCAM survey? <laughs> not yet. I, I think they're, they were meeting in late July from what I heard. So hopefully we'll, we'll have the results of that uh, soon. I think technology allows you to have results almost as they're going. Um, that that those results could have been shared in a single document with all BCAM members, or at least the BCAM members who uh, participated in the survey. Uh, that would have been timely feedback, regardless of what they're going to do with those results. It would have been nice for the membership to see them because I think we're all kind of curious, and we, and we appreciated them quizzing us on our opinions on those various areas. But to not have the results and to not really know how they're going to be used is a little bit frustrating. So BCAM members, if you're out there, speaking of another tough group to infiltrate, uh, feel free to share those results with your membership. We're all uh, just waiting on pins and needles to see what everybody else thinks with regard to those basketball issues. So, well, hey, uh, we'll, eventually we'll pick district winners and we'll all be in district. Well, I, I, all of that needs to be in it. We, we didn't get to play in the district last year, unfortunately, but we're, we're so we're really looking That's, forward. Uh, that is a uh, fact that links Olivet and Lincoln boys basketball together. Neither one of you have finished the district the last two years due to COVID. Mm. 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 Well, hey, I'm glad we're linked with uh, with the uh, the rail splitters. And that's that's good. It's good to know. So, um, yeah, our district, uh, we're, we're in a tough one. We're back there with Penfield and Marshall and Harper Creek and Eaton Rapids and Charlotte. So, um, but, uh, you know, like I said, we I don't know. I, I still focus on the conference first and we'll worry about the district when we get to it, but it, it was great to see the pairings and start thinking about that. Like Derek said, so, okay. Well, Hey, great talking to you guys again. Um, uh, we, we've spent a lot of time together lately, even though, even though, like I said, we were without our, our great uh, wise one coach trope on Wednesday night, he was there in spirit. And, uh, and we, we definitely joked about him for over an hour and a half. Everybody had, had good laughs at your expense, Josh, but anyway, good seeing you guys today. Uh, great being back on the pod. And we will see you next time. Um, we've got, again, the Coach Speak podcast is off and rolling right now. Uh, Ryan Cottingham, we did Andy Bronkema, and we've got Brian Dart from Lansing Catholic coming up. We'll drop Wednesday, and we're starting to create our lineup uh, for the rest of this month and in August and, and as well as uh, September. So looking forward to it. Guys, have a good one. And everyone else, uh, stay safe out there. We'll see you soon. Thank you.